This podcast was brought to you by Hoover. <laughs> is it a Hoover? It might be, actually. There you go. Our first sponsor. It's Hoover. It's Hoover. Somebody call them. Somebody call Hoover Jacksonville. Let's get this going. Podcast possible. It doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our plan. Soon to be the number one podcast in the universe. Going straight to the top. The stars, yeah, the stars. One shining star in the night. Shining brighter than all the other ones. You clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. Call in at Risen72. Dawn at Bully in Goal 71. Jamil at The Puffy Taco. Katie at KTCV13. Mandy at Capricorn. Welcome to episode two of Podcast Possible. We're here with Don. You. Colin. Hello. And for the first time, Mandy. Hi. Welcome to the show, Mandy. Hi. (laughs) We missed you in the first episode. Uh, Where were you at? I was at Dragon Con in Atlanta. Dragon Con in Atlanta. Yep. What is Dragon Con for the folks that don't know? It's a it's like twenty five to thirty conventions like all mashed into one because Dragon Con does this thing called like tracks. So there's like a Whedon verse track, there's a Star Wars track, there's Star Trek track, there's fantasy literature, um, young adult literature, um, the one that I'm heavily involved in, American um, science fiction and fantasy media. Um, there's an apocalypse, uh, apocalypse rising, which is like any like end of the world media. So like Walking Dead, Falling Skies, stuff like that. Um, what else? They have just regular. They have parties and a huge parade, which I got to march in the parade for the first time with the Battlestar contingency. Okay. Is uh, Dragon Con um, a fan run convention or is it a corporate con? It's it's a corporate con, so there's like a group of like I think like six owners. Mm-hmm. So they all it's been going. If this was Dragon Dragon Con's like twenty seventh year, so it's been going for a while. And I actually met up with a friend of mine, um, another friend of mine from the Navy, that uh, him and I were stationed here in Jacksonville at the same squadron. And him and I just looked at each other and were like, why the hell have we, did we not go to Dragon Con like the whole time that we were stationed here? Like we didn't even know it existed because, well, he, he's from Kentucky, but I'm from Connecticut. So like I had no clue that Dragon Con existed until, when was it? Um, Carrie told me about it when I went up to visit because we had a View Askew meetup at like her place. Okay. So then she was like, you should go to Dragon Con if you're just going to be in town anyways and just hanging out at the house. And I went to Dragon Con and now I'm on my third year. Awesome. Is, uh, do you think Dragon Con is a convention that first timers could um, really enjoy or should they work their way up? Should they cut their teeth somewhere else before they hit I, the big show? I, Dragon Con was supposed to have an estimated of like 57,000 people this year. It's like like after San Diego, it's like the next biggest convention. So I kind of think people should probably start somewhere else. Like maybe Megacon in Orlando or um, 
whatever that South Florida one is down in Miami ish, Fort Lauderdale area, or uh, even like New York Comic Con. New York Comic Con is smaller than Dragon Con. Okay, I I've been to um, San Diego and New York, um, and San Diego of uh, New York is getting up there. Expect, but it's deceiving because of its um, the size of the convention itself. Yeah, like when you go to San Diego, it's just so massive and so overwhelming oh, that yeah. when you go to New York Comic Con, although it's a smaller, it's a whole smaller experience. There's so many people that it you kind of get a similar feeling, right? But it isn't the same. Just when you're looking at the numbers. Oh, my my first convention actually was the Hong Kong Anime Comics and Gaming Convention. When I was on deployment, we pulled in um, actually where they, they anchor you out because the harbor is so shallow and you have to take like a little ferry boat in from the ship. But uh, the place where they dock us and let us off right next door was like the convention center for the city of Hong Kong. And they were having this huge convention going on. And that's where my friend Zach, who um, I hung out with at Dragon Con, and a few of our other guys from our deployment, we all went into that convention for like two or three of the days while we were in Hong Kong. And it was awesome. That was my first convention. And it was so funny because, you know, most everybody over there, you know, there's they there weren't there were not many Americans at this convention at all. I think we might have been the only Americans, but it was still really cool. I had such a great time. Okay. Uh, just a, a little heads up in terms of um, con attendance. Um, I found a, a, a site that says that they have a list of what are the top 10 most attended um, comic book conventions. Now, I'm going to give each person... Three choices to do their top three. Right? Now, um, I will state that for whatever reason, I do not see Dragon Con on the list. Right? Now, hmm. um, well, but it's if, not it, really, it, but you pulled up a list of like comic conventions. It's comic Is book, because anime, and um, it's, it's a wide variety. You'll, when you see the Dragon list. Because Dragon Con's not really like your. It's not San Diego Comic Con. Like, it's not a comic book convention. There's a comic book track, but it's more like literature and science fiction and like all that type of stuff. It's like, I was trying to explain it to Laura the other day because I was like, you know, it's it's in by no means a comic book convention. Okay, there, but, it, the list is mentioning anime conventions as well. Um, okay. So, by this list standards, let's say Dragon Con does have uh, 52, 57, right? The ones that are listed here, it's probably incorrect, but just for fun. Let's see if you can name three out of the ten, okay? So, each person will have a round. So, Mandy, you go first. Well... I'm still I've I've seen the numbers for Dragon Con. I know where they stand, but they're not in this list. Um, San Diego, obviously. <laughs> um, does it include video game conventions? Uh, no. It's like comic. No- it's comic book and anime. 
for whatever reason. Because my, my next one was going to be like PAX Prime, but uh, that, that won't be it. Um, um, God, what the hell else? Okay, name, name comic conventions. And name anime. comic conventions. Because um, I know our, all our ones here in the southeast. What about What about Emerald City? Well, you have to give me three, and I tell you oh, okay. afterwards. So San Diego, Emerald City, and I'm going to go, like, Wizard World, like, Chicago. Okay. Um, or Wizard World, some, a Wizard World. Okay. <laughs> Done. <laughs> and, as usual, Mandy takes my answers. I was going to say Wizard World, Chicago, but since she pulled that out of her butt, um... I'll say Wizard World Philly. Not even going to say San Diego because it was already said and obviously it was it's probably the biggest one there is. Um I'm not too familiar with a lot of the comic book conventions, but I'll go with my hometown one, Motor City Comic-Con, which is eh, it's I mean it's okay, but eh, at best it needs a bigger venue. On uh, the last one, probably, I think there was one, I want to say, in Nashville. But I don't know the name of it. I'm more familiar with the horror con conventions than the comic book ones. Colin? Uh, well, I would go with San Diego as well. Um I would then have to say, uh, well, I guess New York, and then um, I'll say Fan Expo, of course. Fan Expo, yeah. Okay, now, mind you, this list is extremely wrong, because we all know better and know how many people attend the conventions we usually go to. Yeah. But just this is just for fun, in terms of just looking at this list, um, as wrong as wrong as it is uh, <laughs> gotta let, love wrong lists it, it is it's a, it's a it's an awful list so i'll just go um um number whatever last one on the list is heroes heroes con in charlotte oh, okay yep that like just happened which they say had seventeen thousand people in 2012 now when you hear seven, seventeen thousand, that doesn't seem like a lot at all especially in the conventions that you all mentioned yeah, but uh, I would uh, like to point out in this list, no Wizard World shows up. Really? Are you sh- are you shitting me? I wow. shit you not. Wow. <laughs> Hence why I said this is an awful list. <laughs> <laughs> Number two is TCAF, which is, is the Toronto Comic Arts Festival in Toronto. Okay. Right. I um, didn't even know about that. All right. Oh, um, have so none of you have heard about um, TCAF. Okay. You know, uh, I think I might have heard that mentioned once by uh, Dan, but other than that, no. Okay. Let me quickly just state: TCAF is a, a free event in Toronto. It's at um, our big library called the Toronto Reference Library, and what happens is you see a lot of independent um, artists and um, book creators um, set up shop, and it's it's free to go in and you see a lot of great independent books a lot of quality people show up there to do um autographs and show their wares in addition if you're an artist or a writer or a person who's going up in the industry 
they also have a lot of tracks there for up-and-comers. So it isn't just for the general public to just be introduced to comic books. It's also for people who are learning to learning to or want to work in the industry. Wow. Okay. So that's TCAF. Um, yep. Next one. <laughs> this this seems like a heavy Canadian slant is Fan Expo Vancouver. Oh, yes. Um, which 21, 340. Then you have Anime Central, Otakon in Baltimore, uh, WonderCon in Anaheim. No one mentioned that. I was surprised. No one mentioned oh, that. Yeah, oh, yeah, WonderCon. WonderCon. <clears throat> um, Anime Expo, which I, I knew this bunch would not mention. Um, C2E2 in Chicago. Oh, that's right. The what? C2E2. It's, yeah. it's a big convention. It's really it's, big. What do they call it? The Comic and Entertainment Expo. The, sorry, Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. So C2, yeah. so two C's and then two E's. That's the name. It's a weird name when you think about it. Yeah. Um, next one is Phoenix Comic Con in Phoenix, yep. obviously. Next There's one... a lot on the West Coast. Yeah, this this is a very heavy... It's I... like a lot, a lot of our comic guys are out there. Like I get um, emails from like Aspen Comics, and most of their stuff is on the West Coast, all the different conventions they do. Isn't Aspen um, main offices located in like Colorado or something? No, they are... Um, they're, they're in L.A., was way in the LA area. <laughs> way up. <laughs> no, they're not in Aspen, Colorado. They're named Aspen after their the character of their first first book from Fathom. Wait, wait. Uh, okay, As- yeah, Aspen, Colorado. Okay, that didn't even come to mind, really. But yeah, th- that um, Aspen was formed by Michael Turner. Yeah. And Frank Mastromaro. Yeah. Uh, Michael Turner, rest his soul. Yes. Next one is Calgary Expo, which is why I said, why is there a heavy Canadian slant? Yeah. <laughs> you guys read a lot of comic books? Because Canadians are geeks, and we well, like it. Torontonians do. I didn't know about Calgary. I figured they just stayed on their bulls for the stampede. And, and played in the snow? Oh, yeah, in the offseason. <laughs> uh, podcast possible has no issue with the residents of Calgary. I've oh, heard of course not. Wow. No, 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 no problems. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Relax. Wow. Fine individuals that live in Calgary, and we appreciate you listening to us. We, we already know we Canadians. Really... All Canadians are just the best, anyway. So every province and territory included. Everyone who listens to us is the best. Oh yeah, those two. Next one is Denver Comic Con. And Denver. Yeah, Denver. <laughs> I have no comment about Denver. Uh, next one, we're just going to skip over that one. Um, Emerald City Comic Con with 64,000. Yeah, that, that should be Oregon or Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. It's Northwest. Uh, next one is Fan Expo Canada, which is Toronto. Hey. Yeah. Uh, next one. <laughs> I broke the streak this year. Uh, next one is New York Comic Con, yep. which is listed as. I'm, I'm actually surprised none of us mentioned that. <laughs> I said that. Yeah, yeah you did. You did. He, he listed. He listed the top three because it's yeah. San Diego, New York, and then Fan Expo. New York is listed as having 116,000 
attendees. I can see it. Over the course of the days, yeah. Yeah. Whereas they list Comic-Con San Diego as only having 130,000. Which seems very off if New York is that close. Not yeah. not really, because they have that one theater that seats about 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. That's um, Hall H. Yeah, we're on a first-name basis. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> Double H. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah. Uh, Don, uh, what, what convention have you gone to this year? Um, I was actually at two of them. I was at the Motor City Comic Con, which I, again, I usually only go on Sundays because it's usually a lot less people, but, um, this coworker who wanted to come with us could only go on Saturday and that's the busiest day. And it was an absolute fucking nightmare. Um, the, the venue they have it at, I mean... They said they set a record because they the two main people they had there doing autographs was Stan Lee and Norman Reedus. Uh. And I was in the Norman Reedus line from the point we got in the door to the time we left. Wow. And, it, you know, at moments we were trying to take breaks so we could go maybe get something to eat. We couldn't even do that because the lines were, like, across the venue. So the only thing we were sustaining ourselves on... This is one of the benefits of working in a pharmacy. Uh, water and glucosamine uh, tablets, or glucose tablets. Now, when you said you, um, the <laughs> the benefits of working in the pharmacy, I was thinking, I can get them cheap. I was I was thinking about something a lot different, but no, because I'll I'll tell you this much: at the end of it, I probably needed Xanax because I was being driven insane. But um, it it was kind of worth it because Redis wanted to hug everybody that came up to him because, you know, everyone was waiting in line for so long. It was hard to get mad at him. The only bummer side is I wanted him to say into my camera phone, I hate the zombies. I'm all about the badge, but he, he, he couldn't do it. They wouldn't allow him to do it. Ah. Uh, so I was kind of bummed awesome. out about that. And uh, when, when was uh, um, Motor City? This one was back in May. It was like right before the uh, Brantford tournament. Oh, yeah, he's he's amazing. I saw him at Dragon Con like two years ago, and he's he's such a great dude. And he wears a tiger's cap, which earned him brownie points with me also. Very uh, nice. Colin, did you go to any conventions this year? Uh, no, this year I wasn't able to, um, but I was at Fan Expo last year, and uh, which I picked up an amazing uh, Spawn figure, um, and I was hoping to go back this year to get another one, but uh, I wasn't able to do it this year. Mm-hmm. But I did enjoy it very much. I think it's uh, they do a great job, and I think this year they actually took over the whole convention center this time, which would have been crazy, so they probably have a higher number than they have recorded on your list, depending how old your list was. My list was stating for... 2012, but Fan Expo's numbers are always kind of fishy, just yeah. in general. I didn't go to Fan Expo this year. Uh, usually, that's my con to go. That's my go-to con. I've been going to it for about 16 years in a row. Um, since I w- It was my first convention that I ever went to. and um, Back in 1997, I believe. And, uh, but never missed a year. And this year, um, circumstances um, occurred where I thought I was going to go, and then at the last minute, um, the rug was pulled from under my my feet. Uh, 
I helped someone out in the contest that was supposed to give me uh, tickets and supposedly there was a miscommunication and the tickets ended up going to his nephew and not me. So, you know, them's the breaks, as they say, you know, bad things happen and you just hope that there's, you know, in the end, you know, things turn around. Speaking of turning around, Netflix has recently turned around its um, stance on um, the instant queue. Now, what uh, Don and Amanda, you might not know that outside of the U.S., other countries do not have an instant queue system. Uh, wow. the, the reason for that is the instant queue system is set up directly to correspond with the disk service that Netflix has. And other countries do not have a disk service. They only have a digital service. So, therefore, Netflix um, said that you did not um, necessarily have access to it. I actually commented on... Um, to Netflix about this issue, I said I wanted it and I wouldn't be a customer until they introduce a feature like that. Their suggestion to me was to write down my choices and then use the search to find it again instead of as an alternative to an instant queue. Wow. I, I, I canceled my service after that. So <laughs> let me just let me just read a little bit about um, what they're saying. So... Um, over the years, Netflix has worked hard to provide the most relevant movie and television titles recommended to its viewers. And for the most part, it succeeded in that quest. After all, most of its viewing comes from the recommendations that are made on its home user screen. Even so, there's a number of times when a user will stumble upon a title that he might want, he or she might want, I don't know why they just put he, he might want to watch, but maybe not right now. Let's say a horror film is recommended, but it might not be right moment to watch it. Might not be the right moment to watch it. It could be that a girlfriend or a kid is in the room. What kind of sexist comment is that? Wow. I didn't I didn't pre-read this. Or maybe he's just not in the mood to see teenagers hacked and slashed into bits. Maybe he'd rather watch Steel Magnolias for the 40th time instead. In those cases, the subscriber will be able to click the Add to my list button in the video's description, and it will be added to a group of titles that you can come back to and watch later. So this is a feature that just recently um, joined or started for Netflix. Um, this press release uh, came out on uh, the 21st of August, so it's very recent. Um, so yeah, what are your thoughts about this? Uh, we'll start with Colin first. Uh, well, I mean, I'm actually not too shocked, uh, I guess, at that level of customer service. Um, I guess it kind of relates to a problem that I ran into. Um, I'm, I'm a big community fan, and supposedly Netflix had just gotten season four um, added to it. They've had the first three seasons for the longest time now. And uh, I was I had finished episode three. Um, went to select episode four and all of a sudden season four was gone from my menu screen completely. Um, I use the, uh, PlayStation three, uh, to watch Netflix. And, um, so I called them to find out what happened and apparently their licensing, licensing deal wasn't actually completed yet, even though they went ahead and put season four on there anyway. And then this was Friday afternoon, and so it got yanked while I was just finished episode three. And so they're saying they're working on it. Um, so I don't know why 
season four was an option when they weren't done yet. But, you know, they'd sent me an email that community season four is on there now. I should go watch it, to which I did. And then I couldn't anymore. So maybe it's a problem where, you know, Netflix US just has a bunch of about maybe 10 people running Netflix Canada and they don't exactly care about as possibly as much as they should but from what you're describing and what i ran into it kind of makes sense of how they're running things you know the problem with um netflix um and i i don't i don't want to jump to say in general but netflix canada has the situation where they're basically fighting for scraps because we have the big uh telecommunication companies uh bell and rogers who already buy up the rights to these programs, right? And Netflix is just trying to fight for whatever else they get. They can't directly make a deal with NBC or ABC or CBS um, in the States. What they have to do is, let's say, Community um, is community is shown on CTV, I believe, in Canada. So um, Netflix would have to make a deal with CTV and also NBC to get right. the rights to show uh, Netflix on Canadian Netflix. Even though, technically, the only thing that's separating users from using U.S. Netflix and Canadian Netflix is basically where they live. That's it. Yep. Because if I use my... Well, if I had a Netflix account in Canada and I traveled to the States... I wouldn't be able to access the Canadian library. I would be able to access the American library and vice versa. Right. So it's frustrating as a Canadian to have um, software determine what you're unable to do. Right. Like technically, I'm closer to Dawn than Mandy is. Right. But Mandy can see the same content that Dawn can. Don, do you have any opinions on Netflix? Well, let's see. We used to have it where you just got the discs in the mail, and we were very impressed with, like, you know, if you mailed it in one day, they got it in the next day, and we got our next disc within the day after that. So we were impressed with that, but the one thing we hated was the condition we would get the discs in. You know, they usually either were cracked or scratched all the hell. So we canceled our membership and ended up going with the one where you could watch it on your game system or on online. Mm -hmm. Much better if if it wasn't for the simple fact that you have a not as much of a selection online as you or even through the console devices than you do when you do the discs, which I don't even think they do here anymore. But so I. I I like it that way because, you know, I can pop in on the Wii and, you know, find these really obscure movies or catch up with uh, Sons of Anarchy or whatever. But a lot of the shows that I watch, they don't carry, number one. And also, they're only on there for a limited time. Like uh, one of Amanda's co-workers is big on the RuPaul Drag Race show. And they went as far back as I think season one and then they stopped around season three then they cut half a season two but you you get the idea you only get these things for like a limited time 
So unless you have it saved on your queue to, you know, view later, those suckers will be gone if you don't pounce on them within like about a month, maybe even two. I mean, surprisingly enough, Captain America is still being shown on it. But um, I don't have a big issue with it. I just wish there was more of a selection. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I just want to point something out to you. When when you say that there isn't um, much selection, the, the funny thing is, let's the comparison in 2010. Um, U.S. Um, Netflix had 20,000 titles. Canadian Netflix had 7,500 titles to choose from. How many? 7,500. So almost a third less. Yeah. Or two-thirds less. Wow. Yeah. Same price, though. <laughs> but that's just that's just that's just how Canadian content laws are, all right? And it makes sense. I I, I totally understand uh, your frustration in terms of you're going to watch something and then all of a sudden, oh, it's gone. So you're like, well, you know, how can I get invested in something if I'm going to start from season one and then by the time I finish it, season two, three is gone because you guys didn't make a deal with whomever. Yeah. At the end of the day, you don't really care about who's making what deal. You just want the content that you believe is promised and you you believe that you want to be able to watch it till the end or until you're satisfied. Yeah, and because... There, sorry, go ahead, Colin. Well, I was going to say there's an even kind of bigger problem with the Canadian Netflix now anyway because up here we have the CRTC, which will control, um, you know, once they regulate say you're a TV station, they regulate you, you have to have a certain amount of uh, Canadian content that you create and show on your station. Um, so right now, the CRTC, uh, they're not bothering with Netflix right now because they don't consider it big enough to have to worry about its Canadian content, even though it does have a lot of Canadian content on there anyway. But um, so they're not too worried about it. But should they get that, that will probably make it even harder for any kind of licensing to go through. And then, you know, you know, Rogers and Bell, they want the CRC to regulate Netflix. That will make it a problem. So the more popular Netflix gets, then the CRTC will pay attention to it. And then that will, that'll create a problem as well. So I don't know if there's like a conspiracy in there with Rogers and Bell. I see all these grand things that I'm sure aren't there, but you know, I think mean, Netflix has kind of worked itself in Canada has worked itself into a corner where there's not a lot of selection, but if there is, and it gets even more popular, the CRTC can wreck it. So in addition to that, um, the big telecommunication companies, Bell and Rogers, they um, use a lot of caps uh, in terms of internet usage. So let's say for example, <clears throat> um, my, um, my internet, I currently um, pay, <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I'm actually disclosing this. I pay over, I think about 100 and, I think $110 for 165 gigabytes per month of quote-unquote high-speed internet. <laughs> right? 
when I originally started with Rogers, I think I was paying $48, and that was maybe eight years ago. That is a huge leap. And if you go over your um, internet amount, they... They they charge you into the Stone Age, so oh, yeah. it'd be like every gigabyte you go over, it's like five or ten dollars, and it could add up quickly. Yeah. Oh, I've had that happen to me too. Well, in that respect, I think Rogers and Bell should almost be supporting Netflix because they have TV stations, but they also are the main internet providers. So they should like Netflix because Netflix will punch up everybody's internet bill. But, but you know, Rogers doesn't want to lose. Um, pe- they don't want people getting rid of their cable so that they yeah. go to Netflix, right? They also, that's why they have Rogers on demand, where they're like, oh, you can use our service, which is like Netflix, um, and all your internet usage won't go against your totals. So you can watch unlimited and you won't get, you know, go over your limit as you would with Netflix. So they're using their power in terms of being a content provider and Internet provider to try to shame you from using Netflix. The flip side about it is Rogers on Demand sucks really bad and has nothing on it. It's horrible. And for the any show that you actually current show that you are trying to catch up on. It takes forever for a new episode to get on there. And their timing, I think, is even more strict than Netflix. Like, if you don't watch it in maybe three weeks or it's less, gone. it's gone forever. And they own the rights to it. That's the, the crazy thing. Like, yeah. Don, what what you're talking about previously in terms of Netflix is, you know, um, they might lose the, the rights and that's why they don't have it anymore. Rogers still has the rights. They just don't want you to have access to it anymore. They're just like, yeah, you didn't watch it when you watched it. I guess you're going to either watch it on DVD or watch it in the rerun. So basically it's like, if you don't take advantage of the sex right there, you're going to get fucked later. Oh, yeah. That's that's okay. that's the tagline with Rogers. And none of it fun. <laughs> no so, lube. Gotcha. <laughs> so, Mandy, do you have any comments about Netflix? The fact that you guys have an instant cue is really stupid. I don't like that. Wait, I think they're wrong for doing it. You don't want an instant queue? No, I I think they're stupid. Netflix is stupid for not giving you an instant queue. Like, why the hell is that tied in with their disk system? I don't understand. Like, you should be able to throw something on there, and it should say whether or not they have it online. Like, they should have a separate library that's just their online stuff and just their disk stuff. And the fact that they can't break that down for Netflix Canada is completely completely just poor customer service all the way around i mean i use netflix for a short 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 time i didn't really like it i thought it was overpriced and everything like that and then i realized i've been using amazon prime for years and there's amazon instant video with five billion other things on it that's all digital i can watch it on my computer if i get a kindle i can watch it on my kindle fire um i usually watch it on my xbox i have the app over there so, like, I pay 40 bucks a year because I'm a student, and I get Amazon Prime, so I get two-day free shipping and, and access to their entire video library, which this year alone I've watched, like, Downton Abbey, 
the West Wing. I'm in the middle of a Buffy and Angel watch. I mean, like, they have anything and everything. They have, like, all the old Star Treks. Like, it's awesome. Like, is, uh, is that is Amazon Instant Video even, like, an option for you guys? Or is it still, like, under the that licensing law? Um, Amazon, um, Amazon Prime just recently launched in Canada. No instant video. We need, we do not have access to Hulu as well. They lock us out. Um, what else is locked out for us? Is Pandora still locked out for us? I think so, yeah. Uh, Spotify, is it still locked out for us? Oh. Yeah. Spotify's out. Yep. I love Spotify. Like, I, I, I know your pain because I lived in Italy for three years. So, like... There's a bunch of stuff because I had an Italian IP, even though I was an American and lived in base housing that I couldn't get. I couldn't get. And I mean, even like um, trying to update my Xbox Live like account because I had a military address, an FPOAE address. They wouldn't they were like, oh, we don't accept that. I'm like, I'm in the military. I am serving to like protect you to give me Xbox Live and I can't (laughs) update my Xbox Live because... You don't accept military addresses? Are you kidding me? Can, so can I, I, sorry, I'll, I'll let you finish. I, I so wanna... I had, I we had to use like our, uh, well, our uh, our family back here still had the same address, so we just were like, well, our mail in the states will go there anyways. So we just used an American address, but I mean, we shouldn't have had to do that. They should have accepted a military address from a military member. So that that's my as much as I love Microsoft, that is the one thing that pissed me off about Microsoft. Like how dare really, really? Can, can I ask you? Sure. Did you did you actually say I'm protecting you? <laughs> I didn't say that to them. Oh, I, oh I, you should have. You should have. <laughs> I'm protecting you to give me Xbox Live. Damn it! It's like, do you like freedom? It's like <laughs> you're I'm... not you're not doing your part to ensure that freedom maintains because I'm doing <laughs> my part. I'm over here, right? All you have to do is just do your job. Get me access so I don't fly off the handle. So I'm focused on providing mm-hmm. you freedom. Yep, basically. That's what you should have told them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm I'm with Don though on like the uh, the discs being all like scratched up and whatever because I used to use uh, GameFly. I did. I, we use GameFly a lot in Italy, and uh, like the the game discs that would come over there would be completely scratched up and messed up and i'm like how do they even how are they allowed to ship these out like i don't understand but the one thing i liked about gamefly is that like if you got a game and you really liked it and you wanted to keep it you could just pay like whatever amount that they wanted for it and you could keep it which it usually wasn't like the 60 bucks that a, that a uh, regular video game is, is in america it'd be something like 25 30 maybe 20 bucks depending on what game it was and you just paid to keep it rather than sending it back. And then they send you the uh, the box are the box the... and stuff. Yeah, the packaging. Okay. Well, that isn't too bad. Well, going back to Don's earlier point about being frustrated with um, the expiration dates about movies that you're trying to watch. Um, I was looking it up prior to the time. Um, I used to be watching a lot of um, U.S. Netflix. I won't say how. Um, but uh, one thing that I used a lot was uh, this site that was called uh, What's on Netflix.com. And it had um, a section dedicated to what was expiring soon from Netflix. So you can, oh, this is expiring in a, a week's time? Well, I'll make sure I watch it before it's gone. Now, 
just looking back because I've been out of the whole Netflix loop for a bit, um, they have a message written in that section saying, unfortunately, Netflix has decided to stop supplying the expiration dates of movies because they're, and I, I'm quoting them because they have quote marks there, inaccurate as a result of frequent, often last minute changes. This sucks. Personally, I'd rather have faulty expiration dates than nothing at all. But this is the world we live in now. We just have to find the strength to go on. Wow. So, um, yeah. <laughs> no, once again, uh, the customer service from Canada seems to have trickled down to the States. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there. I went on a movie spree um, a couple weeks ago on Am- well, about a month, month and a half ago on Amazon because they they sent me an email and they said, hey, you know, these movies are expiring soon. You might want to get around to watching them. So I spent like a weekend watching the movies that were going to expire. And now I've looked and some of them haven't expired, but maybe they're going to expire here in the near future still. But they like, it was nice enough for them to say, hey, this is the list of movies that's going to expire. Go watch them before they're gone. Because they don't have to do that. Speaking of expiring, summer is expiring. Mandy, what did you watch over the summer? Oh, what did I watch? I watched a lot, actually. Um, Is there anything that you'd like to point out? Um, Because I know you weren't here um, last week when we talked about our um, stuff stuff that stuck out for the summer in terms of um, whether it be good or bad. Much Ado About Nothing. And that's in the goods section? Oh, that's in the goods section. Okay. It's it's was Joss Whedon's ad- adaptation about Much Ado, so it's in black and white. Filmed at his house, like Clark Gregg and Nathan Fillion and Amy Acker and all those awesome people. Like it's so funny. And Fran Kranz, the guy from like the geeky guy from Dollhouse, <laughs> and it's so funny because you watch like they do a lot of scenes in the kitchen, so. You watch, like, at the beginning of the movie, the kitchen island has maybe a few wine bottles on it. Towards the end, the entire kitchen island is covered with wine bottles. <laughs> Empty <laughs> wine bottles. So it turns into an episode of Cougar Town. Not really. <laughs> Not really. But it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And we've got a couple uh, independent theaters here. And it was it was at one of those theaters that I saw it because it wasn't playing at, like, any major theater here. So we got that. Um, I really dug Iron Man 3. I actually watched that really, really late compared to... I watched it, like, the week before it went out of theaters because I just hadn't gotten in the movies. But, um, I I really dug it. I thought it was down-to-earth and real. I mean, the fact that Iron Man's dealing with PTSD is... (laughs) I think that's an awesome way to bring it to the screen to show, you know, because he's you know, been in battle and this and that. And I think it's a really great allegory for, you know, veterans coming home that are dealing with that. And I thought it was, I thought they did an excellent job with Iron Man three. And I've heard so many negative reviews about it, but I liked Iron Man three more than I liked man of steel. Oh yeah. Easily for me too. I, 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 I'm not going to talk about man of steel this (laughs) this episode. Um, refer last episode. I re I also watched the new star Trek, which I loved Benedict Cumberbatch. But I, I really liked the first one much better. But then again, I'm not really a Trekkie. Like, my only... I watched a few episodes here and there, like, when I was growing up, whenever they were on, like, UPN and stuff like that. But 
or USA, but uh, I haven't ever really watched Star Trek. It's something that it's on Amazon Instant Video. I'll probably get around to it at some point. But it's just never been something that has been like on my I must watch Star Trek like list. You must it's watch Star never... Trek. Yeah, I but know. I'm, ta- I'm talking to you. <laughs> no, no um, knowing you, I think you would like Deep Space Nine a lot. So, but you would have to get to the through the first two seasons before it really picks up. Ron Moore really um has a heavy hand. Oh yeah, in yeah, it. yeah. That well, that's another reason why I want to watch it too. Um, for most people out there who are not aware I am a huge Battlestar Galactica fan. So like pretty much anything that Ron Moore has touched, David Icke has touched, like I, I want to see it and I want to watch it and I want to see how they evolved into what they are today. For more um, details about uh, Into Darkness, you can refer to, I think we talked about it on our last podcast, did we? I think so. We briefly yeah. touched on it. You can also listen to a podcast that I'm also on, um, Heavy Handed Plug, called live long and podcast um search for it it should soon be on itunes um if you haven't subscribed to podcast possible you should subscribe and leave a review a positive one you know even (laughs) use put five stars in and then if you have negative something negative to say put it with the five stars and then you could just put something negative so uh going um forward into what else we watched in the summer um, I know it was mentioned um, off um, the podcast that uh, we watched more stuff that we didn't mention from the summer. Um, Colin, you wanted to? Um, yes, uh, recently, actually yesterday, on uh, the aforementioned <clears throat> Rogers on Demand, I watched uh, Now You See Me, and I actually did enjoy it. Um, I'm a huge Zombieland fan, so it was really nice to see Woody Harrelson and not Michael Sarah on the TV screen again. So, I mean, Jesse Eisenberg. And um, so that, I enjoyed it. It uh, it didn't take itself too seriously. It was, I don't know, it was pretty to look at. They had cool, cool tricks and everything like that. Um, I don't know, I kind of likened it to Ocean's Eleven a little bit, except that they didn't take as long as Ocean's Eleven did to get to the result kind of thing where I really enjoyed Ocean's Eleven more, of course, but it feels like a long, long movie. This one did not feel like a long movie at all. And um, there was a clear setup for a sequel, so I don't know. It was good. I, I'm glad I didn't spend $15 in a theater, but I didn't mind spending five ninety nine for it in the comfort of my living room. Uh, Don, have you seen this movie? The Now You See Me one? Yeah. Nope. Are you interested in seeing it? Because I'm... I might rant on it for a second. What are well, you going to rant about? It's so harmless. Le- I would say go ahead and let her rip because I'm of I'm probably one of the few people that don't care if things get spoiled, and I hearken that back to some asshole who decided to rip the last couple of pages out of this book I was reading. So now I, I don't mind if shit gets spoiled because if I drop dead tomorrow, I will die not knowing how this movie went. So go ahead. Okay. My issue with Now You See Me was... Um, Isla Fisher, that's her name, right? Isla, right? How you pronounce yeah. her name? Yeah, I think so, yeah. She had nothing to do in the entire movie outside of being hit on by Woody Harrelson and basically just show off her legs. She, like, if you watch the movie, she, like, barely spoke, right? Unless it was in a, a context of her being hit on or some kind of comment about, oh, you're pretty or something like that. 
other than that, oh, or if she was um, saying something that either she, um, someone else said first or someone repeated right after she said it. So it's like, thank you, Las Vegas. And then Woody Harrelson right after is like, thank you, Las Vegas. She couldn't even own that line. Right? <laughs> she did nothing in the entire movie. Even even in the point of like setting up tricks, right? when the group got together, everyone else had a heavy hand of, of doing something. She basically was um, Jesse Eisenberg's assistant, which... If she's one of the four and she's supposed to be really good at magic, don't you think she should take more of a leadership role as well? Forgive me for asking. Um, considering this was set, what, in Vegas? No, yeah. it, it's, it started in Vegas, then went to New Orleans, then went to New York. Okay, because th- when you said she couldn't even set up tricks, I'm thinking she couldn't <laughs> even fuck a dude, right? Well, I mean, what, you know... I'm thinking tricks as in prostitute, but I forgot <laughs> it's about illusions and whatnot. So go ahead. Yeah, magic. Yeah. Yes. And I, I felt that it, it got into twist in this for the sake of a twist type of territory. Well, yeah, but I mean, you knew. I mean, it's a show about magicians who do who rob banks. So you kind of know you're walking into a twist. I mean, it's not going to be oh, they actually live on a commune compound kind of thing, or, you know, that he's actually dead or anything like that. But, you or know... It's, water it's, kills aliens? Yeah, yeah, the water kills aliens. And, you know... Oy. Let's just, hog- go th- just go through that. <laughs> just go through them all? Yeah. yeah. All right. And, um... What was the twist it, with the happening? Sorry. Just a quick um, segue. Uh, not segue, it, but... Tangent. The twist was that it ended. Nobody figured it would end. It took so damn long to get to nothing. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> uh, it was such yeah, a I'd... lighthearted movie. Like there was nothing heavy, which was nice. It's I don't know. I'm I'm kind of burnt out on all these epic movies all the time. Like I loved Avengers, and even you know Wolverine, and I liked Men of Steel and all that kind of stuff. But everything has to be giant epic kind of stuff. Even if it's just nice to see a lighthearted movie, and it was, I liked everybody that was in it, so I didn't, you know. Okay. I, I actually have a movie su- movie suggestion for everybody. Okay. I think everyone will like. Um, you know the composer, uh, the guy who composes the music for The Walking Dead and Battlestar Galactica, uh, Bear McCreary. Yeah, he composed music, and the reason why I found out about this movie was because I'm friends with him on Facebook and. Uh, he was posting about this movie and it's called Europa report. And it's basically the first man mission to Europa. And they have like an oceanographer on board and this and that. And they're going to like, cert- they're going to go um, do research on like Europa's oceans. But it's like the most um, realistic, like uh, space travel, like human space travel that I've seen in a movie and it's it's on itunes it's on some other video on demand stuff and it uh i watched it a couple weeks ago and i was just blown away it was a fantastic movie and it's it's i'd say it's it's probably more in the b movie range of course but i mean it if you get a chance to download it and watch it like i loved it loved it loved it loved it europa europa report yeah that sounds like something uh amanda would probably watch me not so much but i think it's something more along her speed 
Okay, yeah, cool. it's it's kind of it kind of slow. It's well, blah, 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 can I talk? Um, it's kind of slow at the beginning, but then it builds up, and I, I, you you might dig it, Don. I think you might like it because it kind of. I don't know. I, dip, I well, it kind of dips towards. It kind of dips towards the scary to- at the end. So I I don't know, but yeah, that I think of the whole of the whole summer, like my two favorite movies were. Uh, um, Europa Report and uh, Much Ado. I did watch Silver Linings Playbook, and that blew me away. But I know that's been out for a while, <laughs> and I finally watched it. Welcome to 2012. I know. <laughs> well, I've been watching 2012? way more. Yeah, it, it came out in 2012. Oh, I've I've been watching way more TV than I've been watching movies. So, okay. well, well, Don. Yo. Um, Europa Report, Mandy said, um, turns to the scary. Speaking of scary, aren't you, um, getting ready for your annual, um, uh, scary movie-a-thon? Not so much getting ready. We've already actually started it. And just for those people listening, um, my wife, I'm, I, I call her my wife. I don't care if it's fucking illegal or not in Michigan. Um, my wife and I, every year in the month of October we like to watch horror films and it leads up to basically our anniversary which we had our commitment ceremony on Halloween but with our schedule as it is right now we hard, we hardly are at home at the same time at night so we decided we're going to get a jump on our Halloween viewing you know as of September 1st and oh the unfortunate things we started off with um for starters, as a, I don't even want to call it a happy accident, I want to call it a tragic car wreck, uh, we just happened to stumble upon Sci-Fi Network, and first they were playing Ghost Shark. How she got hooked into watching that, pardon the pun, I'll never know. But the movie immediately afterward was Sharknado, or Tara Reeves, yoo-hoo. Um, and it's a messy little yoo-hoo. Um... I couldn't get through five minutes when it first came out because I was curious what the, all the Twitter buzz about it was other, because everyone's saying that it was colossally bad and I'm like, this is colossally fucked up. But somehow she started watching it and I, I left the room for about an hour thinking she's bound to turn it off. You know, I come back and it's near the end and I videotaped her reaction to the end. I hadn't even seen the end and just the priceless capture of her laughter... And yes, I'm blowing the ending, folks. Not much to blow other than, well, Tara Reid's done it all. But yes, I'm slamming Tara Reid back and forth. I don't care. But the very Wait, ending... you're slamming Tara Reid? Isn't oh. she used to that? I was about to say, who hasn't? But, um... <laughs> ba- oh, where was I? Oh, yeah. Basically, what's his name? Oh, the guy from... Ian Beverly Hills. Not- yeah, that, yeah, him. Ian Ziering, sorry. Mispronunciation. He sends his Jeep loaded with some sort of explosive <laughs> into a tornado. And I'm going to backtrack just even a little bit further. Early, about minutes, about maybe, I want minutes in the movie, but technically it would be about maybe 34 minutes in real time, if you will. A girl got swallowed in midair by a great white shark, swallowed whole. Bear that part in mind. 
So he drives, he sends his Jeep into a tornado with explosives. The tornado blows up. All these sharks going all over the place, you know, landing on the ground. People are dodging sharks. Oh, the humanities and all that stuff. But um, at one point, this great white shark is about to land on Ian Ziering's daughter. So he pushes her out of the way, makes a leaping, you know, with a chainsaw. Again, with the chainsaws. You got to love it. But he, you know, starts it up, makes a, you know, into the great white's mouth. And she's, Amanda starts laughing her ass off. And I'm just watching her because it's just priceless. And then I turn my head and notice that the chainsaw comes out of the shark's belly, rips it open, and out comes Ian Ziering with who? The girl that got swallowed, you know, earlier in the picture. And amazingly, she's alive. And he didn't hit her with the chainsaw. Didn't you see Pinocchio? Mm, not <laughs> since I was six. <laughs> I I got confused during your explanation because you kept on saying like um, the great white the uh, and then the mouth and I'm like wait are we talking about the shark or Tara Reid again I'm like you're I'm going back and forth skin okay I'll I'll add a little bit of a clarification great white means great white shark large gaping maw that's similar to the sarlacc pit Tara Reid okay thank you you're welcome. Um, so she recommended the next time we watch that, and yes, she recommended the next time we watch this, we have to be drunk. And we're going to either videotape or audio tape it just so everyone can enjoy the sheer ridiculousness of us being drunk watching a very, very horrible, oh my God, movie. Uh, the other one we watched was this Rutger Hauer movie. No, not Hobo with a Shotgun, although it was priceless. No, you have to pronounce it the right way. It's Hobo with a shotgun. Okay. <laughs> hobo with a shotgun. Anyway, I probably blew that. Pardon the pun again. Um, it was called Pat. Um, oh, my God. I wish she was in the room right, right now. I think it was called Past Midnight. I'm not entirely sure, but there's this... Uh, basically, the movie's about did he or did he not kill his wife? This is what you're th wondering throughout the whole movie. And he comes in to see his social worker about getting a job, and immediately she starts... You know, all, all This is all her job is, to get him a job. That's it. But yet, she undertakes this investigation upon herself. The cops even give her evidence to keep... In what realm of reality does this fucking happen? <laughs> but they give her the evidence to keep, and she starts doing this investigation to see if uh, he's innocent or not, and pretty soon she's already convinced he's innocent ten minutes into the movie. they And about, I think it was 30 minutes into the movie, yeah, we're seeing her boobs. You know why? She's fucking the dude. <laughs> so, about maybe the quote-unquote day after... Now she's having her doubts that maybe he did kill her. And I'm just sitting there thinking, okay, maybe I'm a little bit of a prude here. But before I get involved with somebody who was doing time for murdering his wife and unborn child, don't you think you want to make 100% sure before he slides the his own little man-made shiv into you? 
you might figure out if he has or, or hasn't. Am I goofy? Don't answer that. <laughs> um, I'm not one to um, to comment on that statement. Not to say that I've murdered anyone or shivved anyone with the alleged <laughs> the alleged <laughs> with the situation that I might be a murderer, or vice versa. I don't know. Like, like most of the movies we generally watch during this time frame, we stick with the classics, like you know your Frankenstein, Dracula, Friday the Thirteenth, and whatnot. But you know, every now and then we like to change it up and throw in something and. I'm just waiting for that moment where she wants to watch Reanimator, and I'm thinking, oh, great, the head giving head. Wonderful. You should have been in um, Toronto. There was a Reanimator um, cast reunion. Oh, yeah, I think uh, Mike Dunn informed me of that one. Or, you know, he was telling me about the Friday 13th, but the website I think he was referring to, I checked it out, and I saw the Reanimator one there. Well, uh I'm not a really big um, horror movie fan, but I we will, and it's going to be episodes down the line, so it's not next episode, it's not episode 3, it might be episode 15 or 20, so keep that in mind, I'm going to write it down. We're oh, gonna trouble. Ha- we're going to have a talk about Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. oh All right. I am Wait, good with that. No, we're not, we're not going to talk okay. about it now. Okay. Right? Because... Can I make you a deal? What is this deal? This, I just want to make a deal. Because I've only seen Cabin in the Woods, the ending of it. I haven't seen the whole movie, so this does give me time. But can we do a horror, just a horror movie episode, like our best and worst? Because, oh my god, I could go on forever about Blair Witch. So, yeah, that's a great idea that uh, just before, I, I wouldn't even say just before Halloween, because we want people to have enough time to get all those movies and have their own little festival like uh, you're doing. So, I guess... Uh, at the beginning of October, we'll have like a best uh, and worst horror movies uh, special, I guess. And maybe you you might have um, with uh, Amanda your own um, <laughs> uh, Sharknado commentary. <laughs> I'll bring her in on. I'm sure she would just sit here frozen, going, "What do you want me to say?" No, no, no. But... I mean, you guys will record it while you guys are drunk. And then we'll put it online. <laughs> I won't. I won't even tell her I'm doing it. Yes, that's <laughs> well, you, even better. You'll tell her afterwards because afterwards, I, once it's posted, yeah. She'll, she'll, no, she'll listen to it first, so I don't want her mad at me. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. She'll she'll be cool with it eventually. Oh yeah, she's, eventually. All, she's all the way in Detroit. We're it's in only Michigan. my sex life that's at stake, not yours. Exactly. We're fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, mine can't get any worse, so I I need all the good, good juju I can get. Now, speaking of Tara Reid, when I think of Tara Reid, I think of customer service. How <laughs> the hell do you make that connection? Uh, well, Poor you know, customer service, you mean. Poor customer Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm le- leaving it a little, um, laying it on a little thick in terms of the Tara Reid jokes. I feel kind of bad for it now. I was about to say, hand jabs, aisle five. <laughs> <laughs> so... In terms of customer service experiences, do you have any stories in terms of good and bad ones? Who wants to go first? I can take the ball if you want me to, Colin. Sure. I mean, well, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Because I, I have examples from both sides of the coin. Because I remember 
think it was uh, Malcolm was going on a rant about poor customer service. You know, someone behind the counter was giving him, uh, I guess, a really bad time of it. And I, I have, I, I currently work, I, I don't want to say where because they do have uh, individuals that do monitor um, social media and whatnot. So I will keep it as vague as possible. And plus, in my profession, I have to keep uh, the clients. Shall we? Say, I, I have to keep my mind on sticking with the HIPAA laws, which is the Privacy Act. But yeah, I signed that. Oh yeah, it's fun. Um, but I, I'll go with first being a customer. But no, actually, let me go with being behind the counter because it teaches me how to be a little bit more patient on the other side. Because there have been cases where, you know, considering the industry I work in, it astounds me sometimes the gall that people have when they come in and demanding such level of service that they expect you. And again, I'm going to give, first of all, allow me a private shout out because there are two people who have subscribed to our podcast and I know they're going to relate to me on a lot of this um one the pharmacist's name is farah and a technician i worked with her name's aaron both of them always love hearing my stories about how i react a lot to people when they act less than stellar and some of it is when they come in they the doctor is the end all be all okay no matter what the doctor says it's gospel you fucked up not him or her. So I, I always love to, when they say, but that's not what my doctor told me. That's not what my doctor told me. I always like to go, hold on for a second. And I'll look around the corner and I'll be like, I'm sorry, your doctor isn't working here. And they'll just look at me like, I, I don't understand. What do you mean? Well, hello. But let me cite some of the best examples. I mean, some of the things that you, I can go on an eon about the stuff I have to deal with at, uh, at my job. But basically, some of the things that irk me, I call a lot of the pain-in-the-ass customers needy Eevees or Verrucas after Veruca Salt. You know, they want it now, no matter at what cost. Don't care or, how, I want it now? Yeah, and I'll even start saying that. I want it now, I want it all now, I want my Xanax and Vicodin, it's my Soma, damn it, give it to me. Yes, I just betrayed what industry I work in, but I don't think it really matters as long as I don't give away the name. But um, some of the things that irk me are if the insurance won't pay for their stuff, it's our fault. If they're paying for it to begin with, they throw the money at you like you're some kind of hooker. And I can't help myself sometimes by saying, is the money on the nightstand, sweetheart? But I'm going to tell you a quick story. This one, this one astounded me. Um, we used to have a grocery store chain uh, named Farmer Jack. I don't know if they have one in the south or in the east coast there, Mandy. But um, yeah. basically, this woman came in. She wanted to use a coupon that she could not use because she has a government-funded insurance program. And it even says clearly on the coupon... You cannot use this if you have a federally funded insurance program. Okay. 
So she starts ranting and raving and complaining, you know, that's not right, that's not fair. And in some ways, it's, it isn't. But we have to follow the rules. Otherwise, guess what? We get fired, but yet she gets her coupon. Whoop do you freaking do? So she... The for the far, the pharmacist is telling her, "Hey, look, uh, I'm sorry. It's really not in our hands on this one. Um, I do apologize, but you know that that is the the rule." And this woman looks at us. Now, mind you, I'm trying to type, but when you hear a comment such as, "I took out Farmer Jack. I'll get naked up in this bitch," you kind of stop what you're doing and look. Because you want to, you're of two minds. One, did you just hear what you think you heard? And two, you're trying to rate to see if it's worth for her to get naked up in this bitch. <laughs> it was not worth it on this bitch. She was probably 67 years old, and her boobs were probably hitting her kneecaps. And I just looked at, at my farmers and said, how did she take out Farmer Jack, burning out their retinas? What did you say? Nothing. But it, it just astounds me how I, again, betraying my age, but it just seems to me right now a lot of people do not have common courtesy when it comes to customer service. And I mean this on both sides of the, the fence. And everyone has this thing of self-entitlement. Drives me absolutely up the wall. Now, that being said, working on uh, going on the opposite side, I remember I walked into a Hooters. Do not judge me. I just wanted to try the wings. Um, we walked in. Major D greeted us, sat us down. And we sat there for a good solid hour. No one came to us. Not to say, hi, I'm sorry, we're really busy. You know, we're really slammed today. You know, would you like a beverage? Nothing. We sat there. No one came to us. And we're thinking, is it because we're women? Is it, you know, I mean, but there's children here. Surely that can't be it. I mean, I'm a big kid. And after about the 45 minute mark, I said, look, we're out of here. We're gone. Wow. So we grabbed, we grabbed our coats, walked out. And as soon as I got home, I wrote the biggest, scathingest, that's probably not even a word, letter to the Hooters franchise. And basically told them, look, I'd rather spend my money at Buffalo Wild Wings. The food's probably way better anyway, and they're more than happy to take my money. Within 24 hours, I got a phone call from the district manager who told me to contact the supervisor who they offered me this VIP. Um, I could bring 20 of my closest friends, which I don't have, but 20 of my closest friends and we could have a VIP party on them. Everything covered, but alcohol. Hey. <laughs> like that's mighty nice of you, but you know, thanks. I'm not ever going to go. I'm not going to go to your establishment for two reasons. One, you already burned that bridge. There really wasn't no amount of what they could have done to alleviate that situation with me. Cause I was very patient about it. I didn't even, you know, say anything other than, you know, I kept looking at the waitress like, hello. And the other is you don't think they wouldn't take the opportunity to go into the wings. 
they would know it was me because it's a special it's a special pass so quite frankly no i'm sticking with buffalo wild wings down here in uh in florida we have a place called dick's wings so they usually have like t-shirts that say like um i prefer dicks over hooters or vice versa (laughs) so yeah but yeah is it a dick's last resort sorry no, it's it's just called Dick's Wings. It actually was founded here in Jacksonville, and the reason why I brought it up is because they have a couple uh, locations somewhere around Ontario, and I I don't know just where in Ontario, but I know they have Canadian locations now, which I think it's it's just so funny because it's like this far south, so like Jacksonville area, like you can't go. Each little section of town here in Jacksonville has a Dick's Wings, and like into Georgia a little bit and stuff like that. But then, like, next thing you see on their map, it's like, oh, yeah, we've got, like, three locations in Canada. I, I could tell you why, exactly. Because um, Canadians like wings? That and... Or they like dicks. Or they like dicks. They do. Um, not mine. Um, there are a lot of... Can- <laughs> there, <laughs> there are a lot of uh, Canadian retire- <laughs> retirees down in Florida. <clears throat> they, they said, like, the population, like, the population of Florida has a huge Canadian, um, especially Ontario, uh, segment. Like Canadians retire to Florida. Yeah, I like I'm on the highway here. Like I'm on you know I ninety five down here, and I'm I'm always getting passed by like Ontario plates, and I'm like, what the hell? These oh, Canadians are moving south. What is this? Everywhere, but not the Canadians that I like. What is this? I don't understand. Not yet. I don't have the money. <laughs> hmm. um, customer service stories. Uh, Colin, Mandy? Um, similar to Dawn's uh, coupon story there, like my first job, I worked at uh, Stop and Shop in uh, Danbury, Connecticut, which is where I grew up. And... Uh, um, it's a big it's a big franchise in like New England, it's in New York, it's in Massachusetts, it's in Rhode Island. I don't think it's gone out to like Michigan or anywhere like that yet. But um I had to run I was a regular cashier. I ran the self scans when those first came out and I and there was one lady every week she had this one coupon that she tried to keep using for a different bread brand than what it was for. It was like a similar name. And because, you know, it, it was not like it happened once and I just let it go. She was coming in every single week with this exact same coupon. And I stopped her and I said, no. And I got in trouble. I ended up in like the, the office, our manager's office. And I was like, listen, this is, this is not the first time this has happened. The first time I figured, okay, maybe she just misread it. Cause she was kind of older, whatever. I let it go. But when it started happening two, three, four, five, six times, I was like, no, I, I'm not letting this one go because she's definitely knows what she's doing if she keeps trying to pass it off. And I, I'm the first one who will be like, hey, you know, to help a customer and do whatever else. But when you when I know you're trying to pull something over, I'm like, no, I, I'm and if I'm in the wrong and that gets me fired, it didn't get me fired, but they, they were like, you know, you have, you're on a, what's probation? The one I want? you're on probation. 
basically. And I was like, but I'm, I'm the one who's like the floater for everything. If you need someone to hop on the register off the self scans, that's where I am. If someone doesn't show up, that's supposed to be on self scans. That's where I am. You know, I would, yeah, I was like their floater. I could do everything that our, um, what do I want to call it? The, uh, front end customer, like the front end managers could do. So I would have everything done up until I needed their key to just do the password. And they wouldn't let me be a front end manager because I was about to leave for the Navy. So yeah, that's, that was, that's, that's the only one I really remember. Cause most of my other customer service stuff is like from the Navy and it doesn't, it doesn't really count because why, why it doesn't was, it count? It should count. Well, because like, well, you're providing a service of freedom. Well, when I was <laughs> when I was in Cis, when I was in Sicily, well, I came in as an aviation electrician, and um, so I was in a squadron for my first tour, which was four years here in Jacksonville, and then I was in Italy for three years. And in Italy, I worked as a supply specialist. Like, I worked in supply. I did hazmat, mail clerk, this, that, the other thing. But my job in supply, um, I we were the supply department for the security command on base. So everybody that's standing the gate, you know, manning up and, like, basically military police is who I worked for. And when I first got there, they didn't have, like, female bulletproof vests. They were all designed for men. But even still, they we were working really hard <clears throat> to find, like, you know, well, find the military regulations, which let us, told us what vests we were allowed to get for women. Um, you know, planning out, you know, a pay schedule, this, that, the other thing. We were working our asses off. And I got accosted by one of the female MAs because, like, here I am. I, I just made second class, you know. I'm not, my rate wasn't as a like a logistics specialist wasn't an ls i was an ae like just working there because that was my shore duty i didn't have any pull i couldn't do anything and she went off on me because she was like you're a woman you should understand what we're going through you stand gate and i'm like but i also work in this office and i know how every how hard everybody's working to get female vests and it's not just like a snap of the fingers and we'll have them do you forget that you're in the military and these things take time? But it's not like it's not being worked on. And I, I, she, I was, her and I were at each other's throats. And one of our chiefs that worked in the canine division, which was right behind my office, he was coming up and he looked and he looked at me and he looked at her and he said, "What's going on?" And I'm like, "I'm talking about." And he he knew the situation because he was always in and out of our office. And he just looked at her and he went, "I have no clue why you decided." that going off on Petty Officer Marin, who is of a higher rank than you, was a really good idea, even though you know she reports to her chief and her and her SK-1, or her LS-1, because this it's not like she has anything to do with how fast that these vests are going to get here. And he, he totally put, like, I was getting so flabbergasted with it that I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I understand your pain. I, I was wearing a male vest. I know how uncomfortable they are. Mm -hmm. And I was one of the main proponents where I kept bugging my boss. I'm like, so what's what's going on with the female vests? What's going on with the female vests? I'll never forget that one, though, because she was like, I was trying to get into my car to leave. And she was like, not letting me get into my vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> 
and you're of a higher rank, and she thought that was a good idea. Well, I was. I've always been of the mind that, especially military wise, and especially because I wasn't an MA, and I was kind of like, you know, there were a handful of us that weren't master at arms at that command, and I, you know, even if someone was of a lower rank than me, I always tried to give them the, you know, the proper respect and stuff like that, and I and I knew her frustration, and I understood it. But I also knew that her anger was misplaced. So I wasn't, like, taking it personally. But I was just like, you know, your anger is at the wrong person. But then when she didn't get that, and I explained to her, and I even went out of my way to say, this is the step in the process that we're at. And I didn't have to tell her that. And she still kept going off on me that I just, I didn't feel like dealing with, if I had actually went off on her, it would have been bad. So I was like, no, I'm going to keep my cool. And thank goodness that chief walked around the corner when he did. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what. See, and you you can't use the freedom line on her because... I can't because she's doing the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Mandy, if I were you, I would be wearing that out like it was... Plaid No, because because then you sound sound like an asshole. Like... um, I guess you know, because I'm, I'm Canadian and just and I'm out of the military, I just find it so I, I don't want to say humorous, but I just find it as like like for people not to understand or at least respect the position that you were in that right <laughs> to like I mean, kind of that is like, you know, making it a humorous situation that they're not really respecting you. That's that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Not that I'm I'm making I mean, because I, I never want to seem like that person where I'm entitled. Like if something happens, like maybe I'm trying like there's a lot of stores here in the U.S. And there's probably some for like the Canadian soldiers in Canada that they have like a steady veterans discount or military discount or something like that. But if you know, I never try to like. You know, if I remember to do it, then I I try to get it. But if I don't, like, I'm not going to be all, like, miss it. I'm so entitled to have this, like, deal because I'm a veteran. Like, my, um, my friend's girlfriend is, uh, she has a First Nations card, which means that she doesn't have to pay tax on a lot of things. And, um, when he started dating her, he was so excited. He's like, we're going to break it out at every single chance we get, right? We're at a. We were going to a convention and she, uh, we were paying for our hotel room. And she's like, "Oh wait, wait, wait!" She has the card, and then he's like, "Yeah, no tax." And he's the one who's shouting it out and loud, and she was just embarrassed by it. She's like, "Yeah, you know, keep like, it down. <laughs> Don't be that guy." And he's like, "I, mean, I am that guy." <laughs> I mean, I, I gotta tell you, I really enjoy Veterans Day. I, I really do because, like, Massage Envy does like free massages for mil- for veterans and active duty military. And there's there's a lot of different deals. And I go kind of out of my way, like um, California Pizza Kitchen. We only have one in this town, and I love that place. The first time I had it, I think I was in Hawaii, but I make sure to go down there because they do like a free meal. And there's a bunch of places that do free meals and do this and do that. But then, like. On the other side, I'm like, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm just being a jerk by like soaking that up. But on the other side, I, I earned it on the on the same token. So I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. I I allow you to do it, Mandy. <laughs> I give you permission. As a peacekeeper in Canadian, um, keep that in mind. I am not a peacekeeper. I'm just saying a peacekeeping Canadian, mind you. I, I have not held any military office in any country. 
uh, just uh, stipulating that. Um, yeah, I allow you to do it. I give you permission. If anyone gives you any hassle, just say, Jamil in Canada allows me to do this. I shall not feel guilty. All right. Uh, Colin, <laughs> do you have any customer Sorry. service stories? Uh, probably the worst one would be with OSAP. Um, now in Canada, that's who you get your student loans from. Uh, I remember one year I got it for the year, and my mine was just to cover tuition. I wasn't living, I wasn't living in a dorm or anything like that. But uh, they gave it to me one year, and I'm expecting, you know, I just reapply, do it again for my next year. And oh, I guess it was about the second last week of August, we'll say. I get a letter from them going, yeah, last year we actually gave you too much, so we're not going to give you any this year, which, you know, in about two weeks my next tuition payment is due. So, you know, I, I rip that person's head off because um, that's what I do when uh, I feel I've been wronged, which I was. <laughs> if, um, uh, <laughs> if the military overpays you, they make you pay it back. And if you've already spent it already, you're screwed. So, you like, you, I always, like, had to keep tabs on my stuff because otherwise like I was like I was always I was always scared because I'd be like you know if I go and make like a big purchase and then I don't have it to pay it back if they like mispaid me (laughs) well in this case they just decided not to let me get any more money for the for the upcoming year uh so I didn't unfortunately I guess I didn't owe but uh and I said okay that's fine if you made a mistake last year that I benefited somehow that's fine, but how about give me more than less than a month to try and find another source of tuition money. But um, so that was the worst one. And just to go back to our earlier conversation of that included Rogers and Bell, the only difference I see between those two companies is. Yeah, the only difference that I see between those two companies is their customer service. Uh, Bell treated me and family like absolute crap. And uh, I'll put that on a podcast, put it on the internet. We'll do it. And um, so I'm sure the pricing models and how they run their company are pretty much identical. One has red, one's blue. But at least Rogers is nicer about it. And um, so, yeah, to me, customer service goes a really long way. And I'll never use a Bell product at all. And uh, now i got to find the mute button for my cat. Do you have a really Probably talkative here. cat? Yes, I do. Oh, I thought it was your nephew. No. No. <laughs> okay, uh, well. That's my cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of um, Bell and Rogers, uh, I'll quickly go into my um, my story then. Uh, Bell, I have nothing to do with that company in terms of their product line. And that is because when I first moved to where I currently live, in the mean streets of Brampton, uh, I signed up for their um, high-speed internet um, program, their service. So I started paying for it. They came in and they installed it. Never got it to work. After a month, after repeatedly calling and doing all the steps that they told me to do, you know, unplug it, check this outlet, check this outlet, check this outlet, restart it, reinstall it all over again. After a month of nothing, a technician came in and... Um, he was looking at the system and he's like, why do you have this? It's not even available in your area. <laughs> so I was like, what? I'm like, okay, everything that's Bell related, get it out of my house. I'm not paying 
at all, right? I, I'm not. I'm no longer with Bell. So take the internet service. Take the phone lines that you had with us, right? Everything. I do not want it, ever. I just, just out of my house immediately. I'm canceling everything. And if they ask why, refer to this situation. I was so butthurt about it that in college at the time, I actually made a project detailing um, Bell um, customer service. Uh, looking back, a little bit too harsh, especially when um, that video aired during um, a review night where different companies that could hire us came in and Bell saw it. <laughs> um, I never... Um, I never asked them exactly how they felt about it, but what I heard was uh, a couple of them found it funny, but st still, I didn't expect them to hire me whatsoever. Yes, butt hurt, I said. <laughs> you know, hurt from the butt. All right? Yes. I uh, just wanted to see if I was hearing you correctly. <laughs> yes, butt hurt. I was very butt hurt about it. Um, <laughs> the video details um, their customer service um, uh, call center basically consisting of two, uh, three individuals, one asleep, another one playing video games, and the other one um, checking his phone and then being frustrated, he hangs up on a client. Um, I detail, I'm, I'm going into detail about this. I state that their offices are open 24-7, which means 24 hours, seven days a week. All right, so in a span of seven days a week, they're open 24 hours and available. I then show um, a video, uh, I actually recorded a computer screen installing their software and how long it takes for it to install software to go on the internet, which we had to literally fast forward it to cut, cut it down so that it's presentable. And um, we also put examples about um, how to promote the service. Because it's such a horrible internet provider, um, people... Um, lives improved because it was so awful so one person who was a porn addicted guy um couldn't be um able to jack off because the internet was so 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 slow he couldn't download porn another person he used to um, copy uh, information and copy um tests and um essays from the internet because his internet service couldn't wasn't online all the time he had to do it himself and now he's failing but at least he's doing it himself and then um another guy who um, would like to download music, but he can't uh, because it takes so long. So now that he, he enjoys the finer things of life while he's waiting, such as being on the toilet and reading a newspaper. Uh, the finer <laughs> things in life. So uh, that's basically what the video consists of. If I ever find it, I might put it online. Um, but yeah, uh, I since then, I've never used a, a Bell service at all. Um, anytime Bell employees um, talk to me about signing up to their service, I mention that one in specific point. Um, I like to give companies the benefit of the doubt, but um, usually if I get burned really badly, um, I'll just take my services elsewhere. Good luck for the future for that company and all of its employees, but unfortunately you cannot have me as a customer because of that situation. I never received any type of reimbursement for my, um, my time. Um, nor an apology from Bell, and I do not expect any. Them's the breaks. They don't have me as a customer, and I'm awesome, so that's their fault. I support you completely, Jamil. That, oh, they, they're the worst. The 
only thing that will brighten up my day is when Bell calls me to solicit any one of their stupid products because then I get to yell at somebody and it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> you just <laughs> randomly yell at the customers? Like, the, the people? Like, I, look, I've applied to jobs working at Bell selling their products. And, you know, I have no problem because at the end of the day, um, the people I do know who use Bell, they, um, they do enjoy it. And they haven't had as many problems as I have. So I'm like, you know what? That was then. Maybe they improved their services in some places. I don't know. right? And I'm not willing to go and check it out. right? But if they have, good on them. People are buying their products. Yay, everything. Right? <laughs> Yay, everything. <laughs> Yay, everything. Like um, and I, I, would, I would work for them and sell their products, but... I would still do like I would still have the same feelings that I would have. Like if a client asked me, like I'm offering them, let's say I'm calling on behalf of Bell and I'm offering a service. I'm just offering them service, right? If the client asks me, is it good, right? I don't know. I don't use Bell. <laughs> I'll probably get fired. <laughs> but like I, I wouldn't lie to them. I'll tell them how much it costs. And what services it is. It's up to them to decide to use it or not. Um, and that's really what I got in terms of customer service. Like I worked in customer service. For the most part, I tried to do my best to give clients the best experience they can possible. Even if it's bad news. Um, let's say, for example, right now working as a uh, parking attendant. I know. Um, exciting life. <laughs> and... Um, uh, people were commenting on how chipper I am, you know, about uh, telling them, you know, have a good day. And I hope that they they have a good day and they enjoy their movie or they be well. And to me, that's just the the basis of customer service. Um, I, I'm providing an experience for them um, in the brief period that they're with me. And um, me being in a, a foul mood is not helping any situation. It does not help if I mess up uh, because then they're like, this guy's a total moron. Um, at least they might think I'm a happy moron and, you know, we should cut the, the, the happy dummy some slack. Um, or maybe they mess up, right? And, you know, a kind smile might make them no, not feel as bad. So, and maybe they had a crummy day. You just, you know, you want to make it so that when they look back at it, they had... A, an okay time. So I try to do my best to make sure that every person gets a, a good morning or a good afternoon and um, a be well or have a good day. Don't look at me. Most of my customers think I'm knocking futz. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would figure that you'd be all roses and, um, you know, cherry blossoms and. Oh, yeah. I just shit rainbows. Sunshine and rainbows. Sunshine and rainbows. Well, okay. To be fair, you know. A lot of the uh, customers I get, I do have those that really enjoy having me wait on them. Don't ask me why. I, I always look at them and say, you know, you're catching me on a good day. <laughs> but, um, and they don't have a cage in the back for nothing, by the way. But I did, I would be remiss. Like, I know I mentioned the, the pharmacist and technician coworkers of mine. They, they are probably sitting thinking, this is not the funniest stuff we've ever heard her tell us. So I, I forgot to mention one little thing that did happen. This happened actually not too long ago. 
And it does put a spin on how sometimes customer service has its weird, if not amusing, moments. We, uh, I was on break when it initially happened, but of course they saved it for me to walk into. We had this uh, one of our regular customers come in to drop off a prescription for a relative, walk to our waiting area, and proceed to take off his pants and sit in one of our waiting room chairs. Now, basically, <laughs> that's a colossal no-no. Um, but they didn't want to say anything to him because they didn't realize, first, that he did it, and second, when they did realize it, they're like, oh, we got to wait for Dawn's reaction. Because apparently my reactions are priceless. So I come out of the break room, and the first thing I hear is my one pharmacist waving me over. Don, Don, come here, come here, come here, come here. I'm like, okay, what, 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 what? He goes, without being obvious about it, look in the waiting room and tell me what you see. So I kind of like glance over like I'm looking at uh, the one shelf where we keep uh, the finished prescriptions, and I see that there's this guy sitting butt-ass naked on one of our chairs. And, I, and the first words out of my mouth, oh, hell no. So I march over to the phone. I'm calling loss prevention. And I'm like, look, I don't know what to do with this one. I mean, normally I would just go over there and tell him to pull his goddamn pants up and get the fuck out of my store. But I realize I, I can get fired for that. So what should I do? So they're like, what, what, what's he doing now? He's sitting there naked in our waiting room. Are there other people out there? Yes! Can they see him? Who can't? <laughs> so they, they're like, okay, well, hold on for a second. We'll send a couple of people over there to check it out. So they send two women. Not being sexist, but <laughs> the ideal people you want to send for a naked guy sitting in a chair is two women. And especially considering this guy is about 6'5", uh, about maybe 350. I'm pretty sure he wasn't going to be their cup of tea. So they come out and instantly take one look, U-turn, take off. And I get a return phone call. They're like, okay, um, we're sending over the, uh, one of the store managers and somebody else who needs training on this sort of thing. And the only thing popping in my mind is they've had this happen before. Okay, this ought to be a hoot. So they then advise me that I have to get the people... As soon as the managers show up, I have to get the people that are in the lobby away from the gentlemen so they can discreetly take care of the situation. And I'm thinking, and I'm going to do this how? Strike up a conversation? Me? So sure enough, here come the managers, and I just instruct one of the other technicians. I'm like, uh, call them over and ask them if they've had their flu shot. Something, anything, make it up. So they call him over and they start having a conversation and the managers go over to the gentleman. I can't hear what's going on, but I see this very bemused look on the manager's face. So the guy gets up, pulls up his pants, walks off. This is where it gets funny. Manager comes over to me because apparently I'm the only one who takes care of these. I'm not saying that, but, you know, because I made the initial call. He comes over to me and goes, yeah, um, the gentleman said he just had a rash and he wanted, it may, it felt better and he just wanted to air it out. In a public place? <laughs> really? That's awesome. 
So my next task that was given to me is, well, you can't keep the chair. So guess who gets to throw it out? Oh. <laughs> and the, I, I took all the precautions. I put on two pairs of latex gloves on each hand. I'm like, oh, dear God, I got a cart. I'm not touching this thing if I have to. Pitch it off into there, into the, uh, we have this thing where we throw the garbage called the hole in the wall. But as I'm pushing it back, I didn't even tell my customers this. This person came up to me and goes, that's a perfectly good chair. Are you going to throw it, just throw it away? Oh. I'm thinking, Do you, would you like to take it? And I'm like, yep, 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 yep. You know, it, it's got a bad, bad peg in it. And, you know, person falling, go boom. You know, no, you don't want it. But if I was as evil as I would love to be sometimes... I would have said, yeah, take it home. <laughs> and that's just a typical day at my place of employment. <laughs> well, we're going <laughs> to wrap up with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, this has been an extra long, supersized edition of Podcast Possible. Uh, I'd like to thank you for listening. Um, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, follow us at Podcast Possible on Twitter. Um, you can also follow us individually. Uh, Don, you can reach at bullyingoal71 on Twitter. Colin, you can reach on Twitter at risen72 on Twitter. I myself, Jamil, you can reach on Twitter at the puffy taco on Twitter. All I gotta say is what? <laughs> and <laughs> Mandy, you can reach on Twitter at Caprica. Uh, Mandy, do you have um, something to plug? Yeah, I also do a a podcast with the site that I write for write for um, called the Noobcast because we our site is Digital Noob, and so we've uh, been doing that since about June, and we talk about like all all sorts of geeky news and what we're all like watching, reading and uh, playing as for video games, comics, books and movies and TV. And we go off on some pretty good tangents and are usually the last part of our uh, pod is a, uh, an interview, whether it's um, a comic book creator or we had the uh, dragon con media relations director on there a couple weeks ago. So yeah. So um That'll be the Noobcast, and we do, our, our Twitter is not up, but our uh, the link for that, if I have it... Oh, we're on iTunes. We are on iTunes, and we're also yep. on Podomatic. <laughs> yep, and um, so we'll have the link in the description for the episode as well. Uh, Don, do you have anything to plug? Um, nope. Um, so Tara yeah. reads vagina. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Who hasn't? <laughs> um, uh, the the site is the Noobcast on dn dot Once again, the the link will be in the um, <laughs> in the description. And um, this is episode two for podcast possible. Take care and um, listen to us next next week. And please subscribe iTunes, it's waiting for you. 
Don't care how I want it now. Don't care how I want it now. Mr. Wonka, they won't really be burned in the furnace, will they? Hmm. Well, I think that furnace is lit only every other day. So they have a good sporting chance, haven't they? <laughs>